Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On this episode of Newt's World... My guest today is a good friend who served as the 28th White House Press Secretary and is the author of the best-selling book, The Briefing. He is the host of Spicer & Company on Newsmax TV. He previously served as Communications Director and Chief Strategist of the Republican National Committee and worked for several members of Congress. He serves on the Board of Visitors of the U.S. Naval Academy and holds a master's degree from the U.S. Naval War College and served 22 years in the U.S. Navy. And perhaps most importantly, he was a quarter finalist on ABC's Dancing with the Stars in season 28, which I must confess in all the years I knew Sean, I wasn't quite sure that that was his genre, but he assures me it's one of the most fun things he's ever done. However, he is joining me today to discuss his new book, Radical Nation, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's Dangerous Plan for America, I'm really pleased to welcome my guest and good friend, Sean Spicer. Speaker, thank you. It's an honor to be with you. And before I forget, thank you for your support of the book. You obviously are right there under President Trump as an endorser of the book, and it means the world to me, having come to Capitol Hill to work as you took over and led the Republicans. So couldn't tell you what a great honor it was to me to have your support in this endeavor. So thank you. Well, listen, I was delighted to do it. But before I get to the book, I have to ask you about a recent quote where he said, I walked into the lion's den every day and (laughs) Biden's press secretary walks into a bunch of kittens. I happen to agree with it. But would you explain that for our audience? So the New York Times was doing a profile on 
Jen Psaki, the current White House press secretary, and they said, I bet you you'd have something to say about that. And I did. And my issue with Jen, look, I think with any press secretary, as you know, you've had several, is they speak in lieu of the principal when the principal themselves can't speak. So to the extent that if they're conveying the messages that the principal wants or the pronunciations, et cetera, then they're doing a good job and they're doing fine. They can only work with what the principal gives them. My issue is generally with the White House press corps and the fact that Jen walks in every day, makes announcements, they write them down, they shake their head and they leave isn't her fault. They don't push back. They don't acknowledge the double standards, the hypocrisy, the policy failures. You know, I got a lot of pushback for that comment, but I mean it. I mean, look at the video. I don't know how you can deny it. When I walked in, you had a bunch of hyenas jumping up and down like Jim Acosta and others that were trying to make a YouTube clip for themselves. What Jen has is a bunch of well-behaved prep school kids that are sitting there with their hands folded, raising their hands until they're called upon. You can someday do a pretty interesting book, From Hyenas to Kitty Cats. <laughs> I like it. Because often it's the very same person, which is what makes it amazing. Well, you know, it's interesting. Jen was a colleague of theirs at CNN. She worked at CNN prior to coming to the White House in between her stints at the Obama administration. So, I mean, she's friends and colleagues with a lot of these folks. And it's understandable. I mean, you know that when you have a personal relationship with someone, sometimes it can overcome, you know, a lot of other indifferences. I think most of those folks in the room agree with their agenda to begin with. They're friendly and they're prior colleagues with her. So it's not a hostile relationship as it was with the Trump administration where they didn't like Trump, they didn't like his policies, and they didn't like the people who worked for him. I thought when you were doing that, I admired you because no matter how hostile they got, you had an ability to sort of roll with the punches and continue to smile and hang in there. Was that a difficult challenge? Well, first, I want to say thank you, because there are days when I look back on the tape and I feel like I'm looking at like an angry leprechaun yelling at folks. But, you know, every once in a while, yeah, they got my Irish up. But you realize that when you let them do that, that's what they wanted. And so there were moments when I realized that the best answer was to turn the temperature down, to try to deflect it, and then to recognize that their number one goal was to get a clip or a soundbite that they can then use to promote themselves. And so the less that I took the bait and gave it to them, the better. You know, we interviewed Keith Kellogg recently, who you know well, and General Kellogg commented that the Trump you saw in private was different than the Trump that was portrayed in public. Would you agree with that? I remember a couple of times I was actually in either the Oval Office or that little dining room off the Oval Office, and you'd come in to prepare the press briefing and you and he would interact and it was a very candid kind of back and forth. And did you find Trump, in that sense, in those settings, different than the Trump you see at a rally? It's a great question because I think he's a very genuine – I mean, for the most part, what you get is what you see, right? So as you saw, I mean, he'll rip you apart. You never don't know where you stand with Donald Trump. I mean, he will make it very clear to you. He's either really pleased with you, he's fine, or he's indifferent, or he's mad. But you don't walk away thinking, you know, gosh, I did a good job today and he's really upset. He tells you where you are. That being said, there are moments where Trump was unbelievably compassionate or empathetic. I look back on the time when Chief Ryan Owens was killed in action and he was calling his wife Karen after she had been notified of his death. And the comfort that he provided to her and her kids was unbelievable. And I was in awe at the time. And I've watched him do that 
with individuals in private settings. And frankly, I've always said I wish he would show that more to people. I've seen him with staffers who have had a horrible situation of some sort, comfort them and reach out to them. So in one sense, you know, the Trump that you interact with that I would get talked to about, you know, the briefing, whatever, is the same Trump that you would see, you know, interacting with the media, whatever, he's straightforward. But there are times where I think he was very understanding and empathetic and caring to individuals that I don't think people got to see. I know when my own father passed away, and my father died December 1st, the election was November, you know, one of the first calls I got was Donald Trump saying, hey, you know, sorry for your loss, if I can, I mean, just went on and on. And, you know, I mean, he'd just become president-elect of the United States. So I think for the most part, what you see is what you get. But there are those moments where he has a side of caring and compassion and empathy that I don't think gets out as much. By contrast, I've known Biden, I think, probably for almost 40 years, I guess. And he's not the person I remember. I mean, I can't quite figure out who the guy in the White House is. I don't know him. I've met him a handful of times. I don't know him like you do. But I will say that from the outside, I think I have the same assessment. When I wrote this book, you know, the guy who was elected at 29 years old is not the guy that you see now, both in terms of positions and interactions. I think that what happened was his lifelong dream was to be president, and he was willing to do whatever was necessary position-wise to achieve that goal. And the person that you see in the Oval Office, I mean, him saying, I want to be the most progressive president ever. Three Fridays ago, he said, if we pass my 1.2 and 3.5 pieces of legislation, we'll fundamentally transform the structure and nature of our economy. I'm like, whoa, that's not the Joe Biden from Delaware that we came to know as a senator. My sense is we've moved from liberalism to sort of big government socialism as the core model of the Democratic Party today. And that they're sort of caught in it now. The pieces that are coming together, like in the House and the Senate, are really so deeply dedicated to creating a radically different world, which is why I want to come back to the title of your book. You call it Radical Nation. What do you mean by that? I don't think there's any other word to describe what they are trying to do. I mean, the previous quote that I just shared, if you are fundamentally trying to transform the structure and nature of our economy, I don't know any other word but radical that that fits. If you are leaving Americans in a foreign country after we've been there for a decade and change and not thinking that that's a radical change from U.S. policy, I don't know what is. If you want to let people flow over our southern border with reckless abandon and not think that that's not a crisis, that's radical. And the one thing that's interesting in the book is that it was Joe Biden as a candidate that said, I want to be and will be the most progressive president ever. That's not my words. That's not your words. That's not the RNC. That's not Trump. I mean, that's him. He has dedicated himself to being the most progressive president ever. So we've had Democrats and Republicans fit within guardrails in the past. I would argue Bill Clinton, you know, George Bush, all of them, you go further to right, a little further to left, but there were guardrails. Joe Biden understands that in order to outdo FDR and cement his legacy, as the most progressive president in history, he needs to go outside those guardrails and advocate and fight for policies that would fundamentally transform the country in a world that he would be remembered as doing.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You understand a great deal about the media and a great deal about how the White House works. How do you think those of us who don't want a radically changed America, how do we effectively fight against this radical agenda? The last chapter in the book, chapter 20, is literally 20 different ways in which you can get involved, things that you can read. I remember when I got involved in my first paid campaign. In 1993, it was Ed Munster in Connecticut, too. You actually came up and visited us. We were one of the contract signers of Contract with America. But we used to drive around listening to GOPAC tapes. We'd put them in at night as we were going around and putting up signs. And We got ideas. We got excited. We heard about how we could channel our energy and our passion for conservative principles and ideals into action. I think we need to have that again. I think you're seeing it at school boards where parents are going out to express their displeasure to make sure that school board members and administrators and superintendents are held accountable. But people have to understand 
that if they don't take action, we lose. If they don't engage in the system, we lose. If they don't push back, we lose. You know, you mentioned the introduction. I was appointed to the Board of Visitors of the U.S. Naval Academy for a term of three years in 2019 by President Trump. I don't know what it is, three, four Wednesdays ago, President Biden's staff sent me an email saying that you have till six o'clock to resign or we're going to terminate you. I said no, and then we filed a lawsuit. It wasn't easy. As you know from past history, I mean, going up against the administration, filing a lawsuit takes money, takes time, but it's the right thing to do. And I guess my point is, if we don't choose to engage in our country, in our political process, the left controls everything. They control the media, they control Hollywood, late night shows, academia, big tech, corporate America. If we don't get involved and fight back, they win and we will never recognize our country again. I think that's right. I think the dangers are that great. I found it interesting, by the way, that what may ultimately kill them is that it just doesn't work. But you know this better than anyone. Here's my concern. Once government has its hands in it, it won't let it go. They'll say, how can we reform this? How can we put more money into it? But once they pass all of these systems and these programs and build up these agencies, you know better than anybody what it takes to get down. And I also think, frankly... I remember, and I tell this story all the time, that after 94, you know, you had gotten rid of ice delivery to members' houses. And it, you probably remember how long that went back to. But it was so symbolic of the Republicans' commitment to be good stewards of tax dollars. And Republicans now need to reclaim that mantle and understand that even though that was a small gesture, it was unbelievably symbolic of the attitude that Republican House members in 1994 were going to go into that 104th Congress with. And I think that we need to recommit ourselves to that kind of principle of saying, we get it. If we're given the honor and privilege of taking back the majority again, we're not going to just let small things go by the wayside. We're going to get rid of programs. We're going to make sure the government's effective and efficient for you. But I think we've got to be willing to fight. Too many folks are willing to roll over. And I get it. It's tough. I've been at the forefront. I know you were for a while. It's not fun to come home watching your name get lapooned all over you know, Twitter or on a show, but that's what they want. They want to intimidate you and cancel you out so that you won't say anything again. But there's too much at stake right now not to fight. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that ultimately in a free society, you only are as free as the courage of your citizens. And we're in a real fight right now. But what I'm struck with, the New York Times today had a story that this will be the most expensive Thanksgiving dinner in history. First of all, for the New York Times to have printed it, I thought, was a breakthrough. But in addition, Biden and his people are trying to pass these huge spending bills as people pay more and more for gasoline, more and more for heating oil, more and more for food. It seems to me that there's a collision coming between the average American and their pocketbook and the ideology of the people in the White House. You know, first of all, of all the years that my wife agreed to host Thanksgiving for the entire family, it's the one that's going to be the most expensive, you know, that shows you what kind of luck we have. <laughs> and I'm being serious. Like, she finally was like, you know, we should have everyone down to Virginia this year. <laughs> of, course, of, course, of course, Sean, the good news may be that they can't afford the gasoline, so they can't come. At, well, they're carpooling, so that's unfortunate. They're going to save money there. But, you know, it's funny. You watch the administration right now talk about the fact that Jen Psaki is going to be short term, that this was a made up crisis. And the reality is that Americans are smart people. They're walking into stores and seeing shelves empty. And what's left on the shelves is costing them more, as you pointed out, whether it's filling your car up with gas or buying that turkey or the gallon of 
milk or orange juice or whatever, things are just costing more. And the funny thing is a lot of people, middle class and up, it probably hits them a little bit. They can absorb it. But for those people who are on the lower end of the wage scale, that's an unhidden tax. I mean, if things go up 15, 20%, you're still making the same amount of money. You're cutting other things out of your budget. And I think that's the irony of this is that their policies are hurting the people that they claim to help the most. And I think people begin to realize that, you know, Biden promised nobody under $400,000 would pay higher taxes. But in a very real sense, the inflation tax is, as long as you don't eat or heat your house or drive a car or, you know, you go down the list, then you're fine. But if you have to do any of those things, Biden is charging you a lot more money than you used to. The thing that upsets me, and this is from a guy who got a D in economics, let's just get all the cards on the table here, is it doesn't take much to fix it, right? You have government disincentivizing people going to work. You have a bunch of government policies actually inhibiting economic growth, job creation. So we don't need more government spending and government interaction. We need less. We have a government problem, not a labor problem. Yeah, I think that's right. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. I do have to ask you, by the way, among all the different things you did as presidential spokesperson and then emerging as a national figure, which is one of the side effects if you're really good at what you're doing, one of the things you had to live through was Melissa McCarthy playing you, and I know you've been asked this a thousand times on Saturday Night Live. I happen to be a big fan of hers. I think she's a terrific comedian and actress. 
But I do remember vividly her riding down, I think, Fifth Avenue, dressed as you. What was your reaction to all that? Well, first, let me start with the latter, because my brother worked not far from there. And, you know, obviously they taped it before they showed it. And my brother called and goes, you're not going to believe what's coming down the street. (laughs) I mean, he literally is like five blocks away and and it, it caused quite a commotion. So he saw it. Look, the first time it happened, it was funny. I was getting up. My wife and I had gone to bed early. She got up. She said, hey, by the way, did you see Saturday Night Live? We were getting the kids ready to go to church. Didn't have time. In the middle of church, I could tell on my personal cell phone, not my White House, like I keep getting buzzed. Hey, that was funny. I get home. I watch it. And I thought, okay, the first one was pretty funny. And if I'm being honest, it was a little well-deserved. Like I'd had a tough first week. And every once in a while, you got to take your medicine. And you know what? I can laugh at myself a little. The subsequent ones, I think, got a little personal and mean. I agree with your assessment. I think Melissa is a talented actor. I mean, she played a role, and she was given lines, and she executed them. But I do think that they went from being funny to mean, and that's up to them. Like I said, the first one, I could laugh at myself, and I thought, okay, this is kind of funny, the super soaker. And, you know, so I actually thought it was a good idea. Maybe I should get all the press soaking wet and push them out. But the other ones were a little over the top. Well, you know, I noticed that, Saturday night, they had three different people playing Biden in the opening. And I thought, given how left-wing the show is, that was not a good sign if you're the Biden administration. Well, I also thought the funny thing is, and maybe they would disagree with this, but I thought it was funny. I mean, and it wasn't personal. It's just, hey, your poll numbers are sinking, and those are all facts. It wasn't mean about Joe Biden or his staff or his family. And I think that was the difference. I think it went back to the Chevy Chase days with Gerald Ford, which is it was a funny skit that I think even the subject of it could probably get a chuckle out of. During the Trump administration, it just really did become more of an attempt to achieve a goal and to undermine the folks. Again, I think it lost its edge about being funny and just became an opportunity to really go after everybody. Yeah, I mean, the left has gotten, and you see this happening with comedians and with all sorts of people. The left has gotten into a sort of a search and destroy model. That's amazing. I had some affection for Saturday Night Live because at one point, John Boehner as the conference chair got Chris Farley to come down. All of a sudden, they told me to sit down in one of our conferences. And Farley walks out dressed as me, takes over the conference, pounds away with his gavel. It's actually on YouTube. It's a very funny skit. But it was done in a kind of happy, positive way. It wasn't done with a whole lot of hostility, which is, unfortunately, we seem to be in a cycle where there's hostility. You know, one of the things you do point out where I agree with you 100% is that, as you write, the fate of the world hinges on whether the Biden-Harris administration gets it right on communist China. And you go on to say it's incredibly dangerous for an American president to be so naive about the intentions of communist China. Could you expand on that? I think this is the greatest single threat to our survival. And I'm very curious to get your thoughts about it. Well, I mean, I would start by associating my comments with yours right now. I think China is so underestimated, both on an economic and military perspective, that we don't have time to get it wrong. I think coddling them trying to appease them. John Kerry today saying that he thinks that somehow that he can go have a conversation with them and they're going to suddenly reduce their greenhouse gas emissions like they haven't been told this before. There is a naivete that comes along right now with underestimating China, both in the economic sense and then from a military sense. The sad thing about the pandemic is this. They sent us a virus. Then we turned around and bought all of our PPE and pharma drugs and equipment from them. And 
we haven't done anything to bring manufacturing home. We haven't learned any lesson from this. We haven't found the source of the virus. I mean, if I'm China, I look at what's going on here and I'm going, holy smoke, I didn't think it would be this easy. They present an unbelievable existential threat. And I think the thing that Trump got is there are apps like TikTok and everything else that I think everybody loves to play with. I get it. Huawei, why do you think they're giving this stuff away? China gets it. And Trump understood the threat that China posed, wouldn't let Huawei sell, understood the nature of what TikTok was all about. And then the Biden administration comes in and rolls back all of these things. These folks are creating a dossier on every single person. And I think for most Americans, they go, well, you know what? I'm not important. No one cares about me. I'm like, that's not what's going on here. Their goal is to create a dossier on every single individual. And I don't think people appreciate the extent and the threat that China poses to our nation, frankly, to the world. And I don't think that this administration gets it either. And that worries me both militarily and economically. I concluded watching the left with China. They can't appreciate that in the real world, communist China, Xi Jinping's vision of the future is a dominant China with America basically as a supplicant to China in exactly the tradition of the earlier historic Chinese empire which had other countries which could come and be subservient, but they were never the equal of China. And I think that that's a real challenge for us to realize. And I'm afraid that the Biden administration may be a gigantic step back in the wrong direction. I couldn't agree more. And the problem is we don't have the time to lose four years. That's what's troubling about this, is that every time that they advance and we don't, they get that much further ahead. And at some point, I just don't know that we're going to have the ability to turn the clock. I mean, and frankly, we are so dependent. I mean, I use this phrase on our show all the time. When we have guests when we're talking about China. I really think China is too big to fail. They own too much of us. They are too intertwined in our economy. You saw the administration walk back the other night, that Taiwan comment. They walked it back for a reason. The idea that a man who's eight years as vice president, chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, doesn't understand U.S. policy with respect to Taiwan, that's a concern. But the bigger point is, is that they immediately sent Jen Psaki out the next day to walk it back because I think that they're worried that they might have to. Right. I think that's right. Listen, I know you've got a really busy schedule launching your new book, Radical Nation, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's Dangerous Plan for America. I want you to know that I'm both very grateful you took the time out of your busy book launch schedule to be with us. And I want our listeners to know that they can purchase your new book by going to newsworld.com and we'll have a link to purchase your book. And Sean, I look forward in the future. You're very productive and you're very thoughtful. And I hope we'll be able to do some more podcasts in the future. I would love it, Mr. Speaker. You've honored me with your time and your endorsement. And I can't say enough. Your leadership is why I am where I am today. As I said, my first campaigns were getting ready for the contract with America. I still have them framed. Also to my wife's chagrin is I am a political hoarder. So if you ever need any documents from 1994, stickers, buttons, <laughs> polling, I have it all. All right. We may give you a call. <laughs> but thank you, Sean. Thanks, sir. Thank you to my guest, Sean Spicer. You can get a link to buy his new book, Radical Nation, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's Dangerous Plan for America, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newtsworld is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Pendley. 
Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.